Okay, so Beth, I yes. I just remembered that in preparation for this podcast, I was looking around and what what's the name? The, the name of the showrunner isn't Elizabeth Merriweather. It's um because that's Kaplan, New Girl. Something Kaplan. Emily Kaplan. Yeah, there it is. Right. So Emily Kaplan. Kapneck. Yeah. Kap, Emily Kapneck. Kapneck. Kaplan is like the one of the Overwatch game designers. <laughs> okay, that's probably what I was thinking of. So I I was doing deep dives into her Twitter mm-hmm. around the time that this show came to an end. Selfie. Self-evaluation mm-hmm. podcast. Yes. That's the show that we're focused on. We're a podcast. You're Beth. I'm Evan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. And I found out that she had taken or she had posted, I guess, like screen caps of potential scripts that they were going to use for episodes going past the 13th. Wait, what? No, I'm just... Have we not talked about this before? Are you? You're joking. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm... I really believed. I believed that. Oh, well, and that okay. disappointment that is washing over <laughs> Beth <laughs> is a similar feeling to that which was experienced by I don't know millions, dare I say, billions of people I mean, across the world. You can say billions. <laughs> yeah, you can say anything you want. <laughs> why? Why were people so distraught? Why were they so distraught at the end of this episode? Mm-hmm. When they watched it in real time. I mean, we all knew that it was the last one, right? You know what? Here's the thing. I think that a lot of people did know, like people who really loved the show knew. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that there are people who like, they don't really keep up on entertainment news. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't watch trailers that often. Because I'm sure the trailers were like, tune in for the selfie series finale. Well, no, because it was only on Hulu. So I think people were just watching and then all of a sudden they're like, wait, no next episode? Right. That's what I mean. I feel like that was my experience. Yeah. Did you, so you didn't know? I'm not sure. I can't remember if I knew. Because I definitely knew that it was that it was being canceled. Yeah, I guess I I think probably I knew or I figured it out anyway. But yeah, it's a very it's a very unsatisfying ending. I think, in my opinion. Hey, listen to me talk about selfie. Cancel by BC in 2014. Evaluating selfie. We're still hoping for season two. Hey, <laughs> listeners. Hey, listeners. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be doing a recap of the final episode of Selfie. Episode 13 it was titled, I Woke Up Like This. Uh, and this marks the final episode of the series and the penultimate episode of our podcast. After we record our next episode, Beth and I are done. Yep. Our friendship is over. (laughs) We'll never speak again. No. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, no pushback, huh? (laughs) So enjoy this while it lasts. That's fair. I deserve that. Listeners. And also Evan. (laughs) Did you play an instrument uh, when you were in school? I did not. No. No, not at all. In chorus. In in chorus? Chorus. Okay. So it wasn't like a requirement. No. When I was in middle school in Canada, for the f- the first time I'd ever gone to a Canadian public school, you had to be in band. Like, that really? was a requirement for some reason. Was it because there were not enough kids? N- no, there were definitely enough kids. Like, like band mean, like, was just, like, a class you had to it. take. Oh, okay. Like, it's not, we never performed, but it was just a class you had to take. It alternated oh, between, okay. like, music and art. Okay. Well, we took music, but it wasn't, like, band. It was more, like singing and playing like xylophones and stuff like that so like i had to learn the trumpet from like scratch like i'd never held a trumpet before i was very bad and i could kind of 
kind of play Ode to Joy. Like, could you still do that now? Like, if somebody gave you a trumpet? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I forget a lot of the fingerings. Which is all to say that Eliza Dooley in middle school uh, was already more musically proficient then than we were at her age. Yes, so I believe this was 13-year-old Eliza. Right. Not necessarily now, because uh, I think you play the ukulele. I tried, yeah. You know anyway. what's funny? Even even if I even if I had no actual memories of you stating that, or seen any pictures or videos or anything, I still could have said that with, like, a healthy amount of confidence. <laughs> that I seem like the kind of person that at some point you in my life like played the You look like someone who's picked up ukulele. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Could be worse. <laughs> Uh, So, Eliza, the beginning of this episode, Eliza is playing Hot Cross Buns on her recorder to an audience of her gerbil? I want to say, I want to say hamster. Gerbils are small. And she's doing, uh, like many episodes, it it opens up with her monologue. She's kind of talking about her awful childhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, She mentions, not for the first time, a bully of hers named Corinne McWaters. Yes, Corinne McWaters. Who invited her over to a slumber party. And Eliza was very excited about this because Corinne McWaters was very popular. And let me say, I haven't seen this episode basically since it aired, since it first mm-hmm. aired. Um, so when the girls sort of knelt around a sleeping Eliza in the living room, which I guess is a normal thing. It's normal to sleep in the living room at a slumber party, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. You've you've been to slumber parties, <laughs> right? Yeah. I. I thought they were going to put her hand in a bowl of, like, lukewarm water. But what they were actually doing is cutting off a piece of her hair. Is that better or worse? If we're going to balance the two against one another. Cutting off your hair, like, that's going to take, like, over a year to grow back that amount of hair. Will it? Yeah. I mean, your hair only grows, like, if you have really fast-growing hair, it grows maybe, like, half an inch a month. Mine definitely grows faster than that. Okay, well, mine doesn't. But anyway, (laughs) it's more permanent, I guess. I just think that, like, it's so much more shameful to have... Yeah. Like wet yourself. Because I guess yeah, if you if someone cuts your hair, you can just pretend you meant to get your hair cut. Anyway, it's uh basically like this is a very similar vibe to past episodes. It doesn't mm-hmm. so similar that it could be seen as not very um climactic as far as a finale, but also yes. maybe um sort of bringing things back to the beginning. Yeah, I mean it's it's consistent with everything that we've learned so far about Eliza's childhood. It's just, like, shining a little bit more light on it. So, so yeah. Eliza's saying that, like, she still wake like, back in the day, she woke up looking like a jacked-up Raggedy Ann. And oh, I thought she said Annie, like oh. Little Orphan Annie. You know what? Both work. <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> uh, so, like a jacked-up Annie and or Raggedy Ann, she still does, just like that Mitch Hedberg joke, R.I.P., but now she knows how to work it. So apparently she has a three-hour-long like beauty routine that she goes through every morning to get her face and hair looking the way it does so that she can impress people at the office. You know, that's only a slight exaggeration from stories that I've heard from some people. Like females that you know? Like women, yes. I don't know why I said females. I kind of hated that. <laughs> yeah, that is... I mean, I was, it made me uncomfortable. I was going to look past <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, weird. Anyway, so women that you know. Yeah, I mean, like an hour and a half. Spend three hours. That, that's no, like an hour and a half. But that's like not an insignificant that's like amount of time. From the moment you wake up. Yeah, but that's a long time. Yeah. Do you not think so? I mean, so? I probably. It takes me like an hour and a half to leave my home in the morning, but that's just because I'm like super leisurely. Like I'm I just like kind of sit around. Forty minutes max from yeah. waking to leaving the house. 
And part of that is because I share morning prayer with my housemates. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. Well, anyway, <laughs> so Eliza takes three hours and it's just to look the way she looks. So I, I was wondering how this worked as far as like consistency, because it takes her three hours to get to work. And as a result, she's missed the women in pharma brunch at her workplace. Mm-hmm. So is the idea that she always gets to work at like, let's say, 930 or 10? Yeah, I guess. And if she's consistently late, then, like, she should have known that she was going to miss the brunch if the brunch started at, like, a set time. Yeah. And, like, to miss a brunch, you'd have to be pretty late. Unless it's one of those things where people call it a brunch, but it's really, like, at breakfast time. Like, is, is the idea that because it was a women in farmer brunch, she spent even more time on herself? I think that's a little bit implied because she was talking about how she's, like, really going to impress people. Anyway, I'm really picking this apart. Um, the point... Uh, Henry... Um, catches her. She's he's saying like, "Oh, how is the women in farmer brunch?" And she's talking about like, "Oh, you know, like equal pay, etc." And uh, I feel I, really empowered. Like I'm holding up half the sky. I feel um, like I'm always trying to do punch ups of like this show, of like punch ups <laughs> of the jokes. And I really wish that Henry had been like, "You were not the women in farmer brunch," uh, but also mentioned like, "Though those were all of the talking points." <laughs> Yeah, like admitting that she probably knew exactly what she was talking about. Yeah, but yeah, and, and which funny. still doesn't undercut his um his next comment, which is the fact that this was an opportunity to network. So like, even if you kind of knew the stuff, you still could have like met other people. And this is something that's very important to him. She could have found a men, not mentor, a, a role, role model. model. Yes. So then Eliza is like, "Well, I thought you were my role model," and he's like, "Oh no, like." mentor maybe like advisor you know certainly yes but not a role model because a role model is someone whose life you want to emulate it's in that scene he's like mentor possibly advisor certainly and then she says sensei and for a second there i was like is he gonna respond to that in the way i think he's going to but then he's like of sorts hmm how do you feel about that i think it's i don't know it's it's fine it's just it's fine is it fine? No, I mean, I, I feel, here's the thing. I feel like if you're an Asian person and someone says that to you, they have supplied you with ammunition. And whether or not you choose to load your weapon with that ammunition is up to you. And Henry decided not to, and that's a perfectly respectable option. Okay. If someone called you a sensei, how would you respond? Well, but I think the setup is really important. Because she's like, I think there's sort of the implication that it's like, uh, mentor, advisor, and then she's sort of like, it's like she realizes that sensei is like, oh, that's what a what a perfect word or like, not job, but you know, okay, descriptor yeah. for you. And then it's just like, hmm, why, why would, why, why, why are you excited? Why, why that word in particular? But he- the point is, Henry can't be her role model because a role model is someone whose path you want to walk. And he says, do you want my life? And first she says, mm, sure. You know, and he's like, no, it can't be mm, sure. Like, it has to be something you really want. And then he brings out a book from his role model, which is Dave Thomas. Who's Dave Thomas? I know that you've done a lot of research into, like, his background and who he is. Okay, well, I'm confused, actually, because I thought Dave Thomas was the Wendy's guy. But then he says something about Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders is the Colonel Sanders is KFC guy. Yeah, I know. I believe the idea is that What's his name? Dave Thomas? In Dave Thomas's book, he references Colonel Sanders, which is not oh, a stretch okay. of the imagination. Okay. Just one fast food mogul to another. Okay. 
Anyway, so Dave Thomas is Henry's role model. He's the Wendy's and, guy. Yeah, so he's the Wendy's guy. I didn't know okay, that. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. His daughter was named Wendy. Yeah. She was in commercials, and she was like, my dad named this restaurant after me, blah, 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 blah. And then they stopped airing her commercials and started airing them with, like, a younger, hotter redhead. Oh. Um, who didn't look so n- normal. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't remember really Wendy's ads. But anyway, so that's his role model. And then he gets out this book to like share a passage that was very meaningful to him during his sophomore year, apparently, of college. You know, and Eliza's distracted because on the back of the book is a van sticker. So then she's like, oh my goodness, were you a skater kid? You know? as, as a youth, I thrashed, did a kickflip, ollied about occasionally. <laughs> and then Eliza says, wow, you even make skate culture sound boring. Eliza is just like, okay. If I can't, if you can't be my role model, I'm going to go find one. There's this idea that it has to be a woman. Yes. And a woman who's older than her. How do you feel about that? Well, he is specifically asking her to find like a female role model. Do you think as, as a woman, you know, to, to, our, to our listeners who might not know, do you, th- <laughs> do you think that your role models have to be women? I think you should have both, like male and female well, role models. That's a lot. I can really only handle one role model at a time. <laughs> okay. But anyway... I, I don't know. I think it's. I think it makes sense. Like if Eliza mostly spends time with men, like to find a female role model would be like a good balancing thing for her. I mean, I do think that makes sense as far as like the professional world, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, oh, this is someone who's maybe had to uh, experience the same ceiling that I have, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so Eliza's trying to find a female role model. Her first thought is Joan because Weird I think choice. she says. Based on her frown lines, she has a lot of life experience. So she goes up to her and asks her, like, hey, like, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's, like, you know, trying to be more like you, you know, like, be successful like you? And she is just like, you can never have enough bath tissue. And that's her advice. Which is pretty lame, Joan. Uh, she then turns to Charmonique, because, look, there aren't a lot of characters on this show. And <laughs> yeah. here's something that's very, very notable. And I don't know if this occurred to you. Are you ready for this? Uh, sure, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Well, Sam Saperstein doesn't appear in this episode. That's true. Yeah. Or Larry. Or, like, anybody else, really. Yeah. Joan and no Larry, no and Raj. Other girl. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's really... If, if you kind of wanted this to be sort of like a culmination of things and just like, oh, this is all that Selfie has been and could have been, you'd think that the regular players would have been featured. Yeah. Which is why it felt, like, not intended to be the last episode. Or possibly when it switched to Hulu, they were like, let's just keep a few actors so we don't have to uh, oh, spend any more money. Oh, maybe they're already looking for other gigs. Maybe. And that sort of, Anyway, it's... Yeah. But she... So she turns to Joan, and then she turns to Charmonique, and Charmonique's like, oh, yeah, oh, like a role model. I was a model. She was a, a stock model. She was a hand model. Stock photo model. Yeah. Specifically Specif- yeah. of the hand variety. Yeah, so Eliza's like, oh, would you like to be a model? And she's like, been there, done that, you know. And then she says something like, Google racial equality hands, hands. or something like that. And it's like her hand and a white person's hand, like, cradling the globe. And Eliza's very impressed with this. I- I'm going to be upfront about my feelings on this episode. It okay. feels... I-, I I don't have any... In spite of, like, my crack about, like, knowing about secret scripts, I don't really have any... I'm not really privy to the production of this episode as far as, like, how they wrote it and how, how they filmed it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty positive that they knew about the show's cancellation 
early enough before they filmed this one right i i think so just given the way that it's written Mm -hmm. but at the same time i think that it's maybe not written as well as it could have been because the idea here is is that charmonique she goes to henry and she's like listen eliza told me about this whole role model thing that you sort of like foisted on her is that right well she just says something like eliza says that you're really into role models yeah well she doesn't lead with that though she leads with saying like, hey, you know, Kevin, you know, you know, he recently was diagnosed as being pre-hypertensive. And he's like, no, I didn't know that. And then Charmonique is like, who knew that a nugget-based diet could be so unhealthy? And Henry's like, everyone. So then she's like, oh, well, his doctor says he needs to get more active. And Eliza says you're into skate culture and like Kevin's interested in that. So maybe you could teach him. And his first reaction is like no definitely uh, not, not and definitely as he's not walking away then she's like who needs a role model more than a hypertensive 10 year old with sleep apnea and no male presence yeah and that's when Hen- henry caves but he's like one time like don't think this is gonna be a regular thing but okay so maybe this like got past me but charmonique is not going to be eliza's role model was that like explicit here yeah, well, she she basically, like, Eliza, after she hears, hears about the hand model thing, she's like, so you're perfect. You can be my role model. And Charmonique is just like, oh, no, I can't be your role model. And she's like, but I want to be just like you. And Charmonique is like, everybody does, but you can't. Like, you can't just wake up and decide to be Charmonique. So she basically says, like, you can't, you can't be me. So, like, okay. I can't be your role model. Eliza realizes that who better to, I like this as a, as a story hook. I actually like it a lot. But, like, who better to base my life around than the person who made my life miserable? Yeah, well, she yeah, she kind of starts off being, like, huh, like, probably Corinne McWater's, like, most popular kids kind of, like, you know, they peak in high school, basically. So, like, probably her life's a disaster now. And then when she researches her, she finds it's the opposite. So, like, visual gags are some of my favorites. I love the visual gag of Corinne McWater's in the yearbook having so many superlatives. <laughs> yeah. That they go past her... They're underneath her her headshot, and they go onto the headshot of the person below her. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> she's like most popular, most beautiful, best eyes, best hair, like this whole list. So they're covering up the person underneath her in the yearbook. Yeah, I enjoyed that. A uh, little critique to her left is Eliza Dooley. Yes, most butt. Yeah, uh, which she has mentioned prior to this episode. Yeah. I do want to say, what kind of yearbook has Dooley and McWaters next to one another? I also thought that. But I think it's because it's the superlatives page, not their regular yearbook page. I'm pretty sure it looks like a regular yearbook page to me. Yeah, I know. I agree. I was like, "Mm, alphabetical order? Like, have we never heard of it? You've got some opinions on alphabetical order. I'm a librarian. Of course I do. One time I went to this, like, library conference, and they had put all of the name tags out in alphabetical order. So I, like, went to get my name tag and... They were like, oh, they're in alphabetical order. And I was like, ha, right, makes sense. And, like, no one acknowledged that as, like, a joke. I was like, it's a librarian conference. Like, Oh, that makes me dislike acknowledge librarians Acknowledge this, please. More. I like how I said dislike librarians more. Like, I had a yeah, base dislike for let's librarians. Let's dig into that a little bit. What's your thing against librarians? Besides that you don't go to the library. I don't go to the library. I know. I you get all of crazy? my books for free. All of your books for free? Pretty much, yeah. I can't remember the last time I bought a book with, like, actual money. How do you get them for free? Not at the library. I work in publishing. Oh, yeah. But, like, what if there's a book not available to you that way? I just read one of the other books I already have. 
I have a lot of books, Beth. Yeah. Well, so do I. But I just like I just like going to the library and just like getting a stack of books and being like, I'm not paying for these. So if I don't like it, I don't even have to read it. No, when I go to the library, I need to read every book that I borrow. Mm. See, that's that's what you're doing wrong. Sometimes you just want to. You're like, right. Take I'm going to the library. That's bit. the problem. Anyway, I don't. I don't under. What, what do you mean? Take them home with you for a little bit. That's horrible. So you can. So you can like just see if you like. So you it. can just like bask in the fact that you have books <laughs> in your home. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Sometimes I just get a book because like I like the cover and I just am like, well, oh, maybe I like this. And then I bring it home and I'm like, no, I'm not into it. But whatever, because I didn't pay for it. And then I just bring it back. Anyway, enough about me. So. Ben McWaters. Um, went from mean girl to, I don't know, just like... I would describe her as like an influencer. Oh, yeah. Like all the annoying connotations that that has. She definitely, yeah. she's on Instagram. She's got hella followers. And mm-hmm. there are definitely brands who are like, hey, could you film or take a photo of your family enjoying a, this DiGiorno deep dish? I don't know. That's where my mind is. <laughs> I'm a little hungry. I don't think that would fit with her personal brand. No, it yeah, definitely would not. Yeah. Um, and so. not only that, she has this amazing life. She has like professional photographer husband. She has two beautiful children. She's a published author, and and Henry's kind of like okay, Liza. This She's is friends a... with the Barefoot Contessa. Ugh, whatever, not my <laughs> not my favorite food network. I'm just uh, listing things that Eliza said. And and Henry's kind of like Eliza. She was horrible to you. She was she was terrible. Why would you want to be like her? And Eliza's like she even has a golden doodle named Too Dancy. <laughs> this is my favorite because she shows. Henry, the picture very of Hugh Dancy, good. and he's like, who's a good Hugh Dancy? Who's a good Hugh Dancy? He's like very lost in this moment. It's like so ador- I watched it several times because I was like, this is adorable. Also, I was trying to make a gif of it, but it didn't work out. The phone turns anyway. to him and he's all like, oh, <laughs> he's just, yeah. like, he gasps, which is an appropriate response to a cute dog. And it's named Hugh Dancy, which I find weirdly adorable. Who's anyway, Hugh Dancy? You know, Hugh Dancy. He's married to... Uh, Claire Danes. He was in um, the movie version of Ella Enchanted, which is not as good as the book, but he's cute in it. You know Hugh Dancy. No, I don't. I don't know who you Hugh don't know Darcy Hugh is. Hugh Dancy. <laughs> Just what? Google Hugh Dancy. You probably recognize him. He was in a lot of stuff for like a little bit, and now he hasn't really been in anything except for being married to Claire Danes. Uh, Hugh Dancy. I don't. Who is this man? He's like an alternate universe version of Orlando Bloom. You don't see that? In that. Oh, maybe a little bit in the jawline. Yeah, it just has a similar look. Maybe all white people just look the same to me. That's true. That's why watching The Bachelor is so difficult. Yeah. I'm watching The Bachelor. You're watching it? I'm back on it. I'm back on it, baby. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I just, like, find out recaps of it because people talk about it at lunch at work. And I want to be like, "Mm, yeah, that girl is cray. Which one? Which one? Which girl? I don't know. Is it Well, Catherine? the one that was notable this time, I, I didn't even watch it or anything, but I just saw, like, things about it on Twitter. Apparently one girl in her, like, what do you call it? Her like, entrance? first impression? Yeah, yeah. Pretended to be Australian? Yeah. And she's not? No. I was like, mm, yeah. Did she make it? Like, is she Yeah, yeah, she, she made it show? past the first round. Does he know now that she's not Australian? Yes. Um, okay. It's so interesting because, like, obviously they film literally that for the first night, I think, is from, like, five to five. What? Like... Okay, so this is not a Bachelor podcast, but you guys are just going to have to deal with this. Okay. Um, basically, they start filming as soon as the sun sets, because that's uh, when the limos come in. Right. Um, and because there are 30 women, and he's talking to each one, the rose ceremony at the end actually doesn't take place until like 4 or 5 in the morning, which is why <laughs> when the first when this episode wraps up and women are giving like their exit interviews, you can see that the sun has risen. What? 
That is crazy. So, and because there's so much footage, there was actually, there's actually, they did film, uh, what's his name? Colton and this woman. Um, she reveals to him that she's not really Australian. Oh, okay. But that didn't make the final cut. Okay. A lot, a lot doesn't make the final cut. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like 12 hours. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> there's, there's an abrupt cut, just like this one. To um to Henry showing Kevin how to skate, and by showing Kevin how to skate, I mean he is lecturing him. Yes, he's lecturing him about the history of skateboarding, which starts in the 1970s and ends in the <laughs> 1950s. <laughs> it, like yeah, he's talking about the 1970s, which which makes sense because skateboards were basically like surfing existed already from like Polynesian mm-hmm. like Hawaiian culture, and then someone mm-hmm. took a, a surfboard and put wheels on it. Um, okay. So, but then he goes back to the 1950s. I assumed to talk about surfing, um, like the origins of surfing. I thought it was very funny because no. he's talking to Kevin, and Charmonique is like, "Henry, do not yell at him. His blood pressure." <laughs> he was like, "I'm not yelling. I'm just trying to make a point." So apparently, this this lecture goes on for like quite a long time and then some actual skateboarders like skate past and they're like hey if you ever want a lesson from a non-poser come by the skate park and kevin says something like no doubt or something like that and, and then henry is like poser what like he does this very weird thing where he's like am i the poser like we then and it, the, again it's a lot of like abrupt cuts because all of a sudden this cuts to eliza at the a book signing for Corinne McWater's book, and the book is called uh, Le, bon... Le, Beau, Le Bon Table, like the beautiful yeah. table. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the good table, right? Yes. Le Bon, the good. What's beautiful? Oh, La Belle. Like bon La bon Belle Table candy. would be, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Good goods? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like one of the few things that's remained with me from seven years of French. You took seven years of French? Yeah, I was very bad at it. Seven years? Uh, no, six years. Six years. I didn't take. Oh my. Okay. Years. So, but you know how to say like, oh, my name is Beth. I'm this many years old. Je m'appelle Beth. Uh huh. Je. Uh, no, I don't know how to go past twenty. So I do not know how to do that. Vingt oui. Vingt. Vingt. Anyway. Vingt oui. Vingt oui. Anyway. Vingt oui. Anyway. So apparently, apparently, at some point, Corinne has started pretending to be French. I guess she lives in France, but like she came back well, to her hometown for this book signing. I don't understand. I don't, I don't think understand. so. I, I think here's here's what I think is sort of like maybe a joke that needs a little bit of excavation because it is book signing and it's really funny because um, to me that Eliza is sort of talking about Corinne uh, to this little girl next to her. Yes. And this little girl is like really not having it. She appears to be a yes. huge fan of La Bonne Table. She has a copy Apparently, yeah. that she's holding to herself, um, but Eliza just keeps like con- remarking to her, um, and and then Corinne t- goes up and she's just like, you know, this book, and it's funny looking at this because I've been to a lot of like lit events, mm-hmm. so it's it's just a it's weird kind of looking at it in this context. Let me say that this event is very well attended. It is hard to get people to show up for a book event. Yeah. But I guess it's like, because if she's like an influencer online, like she would just like put out a thing like, oh, I'm doing a book signing and all these people would show up. Maybe. I just know that there are events where it's just like, hey, you want to go there? Like once the workday is over, you know, we kind of need bodies in the space (laughs) to fill it in. Um, But she says that like she had a hard life. Um, She was Mm -hmm. kind of a loser. And in fact, she was once invited to a sleepover. Or a slumber party, and girls cut her hair. 
And it was very sad. And then the only thing that could comfort her was her mother's her French mama's onion soup, which French is what soup. I think the I think the whole that's what I think the whole joke is, is that it's not really <laughs> that she's like French. It's not really that she spent a lot of time in France. She just like French onion soup sort of like opened up the world of French cuisine to her, which I think is <laughs> ridiculous and silly. Yeah, I mean the whole thing is she's very pretentious with her like. Like, she opens up by saying, like, enchante, you know, and, like, she's got this whole thing going where she's, like, oh, I'm so fancy. But then, like, she has this tragic backstory of being, like, uncool, which is obviously, like, Eliza's backstory. And Eliza immediately picks up on this, obviously. And she's, like, she stole my life. Like, that's my story. She She um, tells the little girl, and the little girl does not provide a sympathetic ear. Nope. So she goes up, she grabs the microphone out of the woman who is first up in the Q&A portion of the night and starts. She says, I have a question. How does it feel to be a big fat liar? Uh, Well, first of all, I'm not fat. (laughs) And then she, yeah. So Eliza kind of goes off on a rant about how like, that's not true. Like that's not her story. And she ends by saying, I'm Corinne McWaters. I'm Corinne McWaters. At some point during this, Henry has showed up because earlier in the show, Eliza asked him if he would go. So he shows up a little late and the sees bookstore this happening. manager or employee does call security on Eliza. And at one yeah. point, there's a lot of really good physical comedy, I think, in this episode. And, mm-hmm. and this fun little, I would almost call it like an action um, scene, is her... And I think maybe they could have gone a little farther with it. It's her trying to avoid both the security guard and Henry. Yeah. Because Henry comes in and, and he's like, oh, she, she's mine, she's mine. Um, and yeah, and she's still talking to Corinne, who's up front. Uh, and it ends with Henry tackling her. Yeah, which I guess he's trying to keep her from getting tackled by, I don't know, security. But like, they wouldn't have tackled her. It's a little confusing. But anyway, he's trying to help her in some way. And then it cuts to them being outside and she's very mad. And she's talking about how as soon as Corinne comes out, she's going to jump her. And, and Henry's like cautioning against that, obviously. Um, and there's a really, really good line and I really admire Karen Gillan's delivery um, mm-hmm. because she says, Henry, I don't need you to be right right now, okay? Yeah. And it was, like, really heartbreaking. It was just, like, really, really excellently done. And Henry wisely stopped talking because he's, he's talking about how, like, I don't know why you're surprised. Like, we all knew that she was a terrible person, you know? And then she says that. And then, um, yeah, this, this whole scene, I feel like Karen Gillan does a really good job. She's talking about how, like... Um, Corinne basically taught her that everything about her was wrong. Like, the way she walked, the way she did her hair, like, her personality, like, were all wrong. So she worked really hard to change all of those things and not be that person. And then Corinne stole that person by Mm -hmm. stealing her story. And then she storms off. And then the security guard, who does not know how to read the room, he's just (laughs) kind of been standing there, uh, says, when you're young, everyone pretends to be someone they're not. I used to tell people my dad invented Velcro. And then Henry um, says he used to tell people he was good at skating, which I think is really... I think that the skating plot line is a little thin, just because I don't think we're ever really sure what the deal is. I think the idea is that, like, Henry used to, like, participate in skate culture in terms of probably, like, the way he dressed, but he never actually learned how to skate. And so that's why his skating lesson was a history lesson. The problem to me is that it's just not, they just don't lean into it hard enough. Yeah. So so kind of at the beginning, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I, 
I, I used to thrash, you know, I was not un- unlike me to like do a kickflip and, and it's sort of like passing. And then what I would have liked is then Charmonique's like, I hear you learn how to skate. And then he's like, what? You know, so that is more like, uh, you know, I, this is not supposed to get out. And then when mm-hmm. he's teaching Kevin, Kevin keeps trying to like, when are we going to get on a skateboard? And Henry's kind of doing like everything he can. He's trying to come up with like reasons for them not to skate. Where he's kind of like, oh, you want to get on a skateboard? Well, now that I've lectured you for three hours, you need all of the proper equipment. And they go and they get a helmet. He's like, well, they don't have the right helmets here. We have to drive across town. And it becomes this whole thing. Yeah, because I feel like they, I mean, they almost got there, but they I maybe just didn't play it out as far as they could have. It's just my opinion. Here's another opinion that I'm going to share. I think that the security guard looks like he could be Kevin's dad. Okay, maybe like a little bit. Right. Okay. Well, now you're making me sound like a racist. So <laughs> that I don't appreciate. I think that their faces so look the same funnier, a little yeah. bit. I don't know. I'm not saying Kevin that this has was a pretty intentional. Distinct face. Yeah, I think this guy looks like he lent some of those features to Kevin. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'd have to um, like look at a side by side, but. All right. So it would, just, be, it would be funnier if it turned out that that was Kevin's dad. I don't. I think that was completely unintentional. I'm also not a racist. I just thought <laughs> that they had similar features. They're both black. Okay. okay. For for oh, that's for our listeners who might not be aware. Yeah. No. I gotcha. So Henry now admits to the security guard that he doesn't actually know how to skate. You know, and also by doing that, admits to us, the viewers, that that's why his whole lecture was the way it was. You know, instead of being an actual skateboarding lesson. So then. Henry goes to Eliza's apartment to see how she's doing. And uh, she is drinking Crystal Pepsi mm-hmm. with a lot of alcohol of some sort. It's, it. it's, it's white wine. It's not that high of a proof. So she's like fairly drunk by the time Henry comes over. Also, apparently, the Crystal Pepsi she bought on eBay for only $80. And you know Henry what? was like, we're going to circle back to that. Sounds about, I mean, like old pop. I am just going to put us on another tangent I remember the early aughts, mid, late 90s to early aughts, living in the Philippines, where they had all of these, like, and and then coming back to Canada, they had all these wacky flavors. They were just Mm -hmm. kind of like, how do we make food fun and interesting? Because it was a chaotic time, and we didn't know what the new millennium would bring. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was, like, Pepsi Twist, which was, like, Pepsi with a twist of lemon. It's very delicious. Sounds kind of nice. And then for a time, I think this was back in Canada, and they definitely discontinued this for like obvious reasons, there was Sprite Ice. Sprite Ice? And Sprite Ice was lemon-lime soda with a hint of mint. So you would drink huh. it, and it would kind of be like, you know, you kind of had like that, that yeah. like feeling. Um, and it was like quite nice. Yeah. I had a similar experience, but with Oreo O's. Like, there was like a cereal that tastes like Oreos. Yeah, I was Beth, like the super perfect into it. breakfast for you because you eat candy. Well, I was very into it for like the in first middle meal school. of the day. And then they discontinued it for like 10 years and then they brought it back. And now that's what I eat for breakfast on the weekends only. We're very different people, Beth. I said only on the weekends. What do you eat for breakfast on the weekends? The same thing I eat on the weekdays. What's that? I don't know. It varies. It's like cereal, toast with peanut butter and sriracha. Like, I don't know. I usually eat toast, but on the weekends I eat Oreos, and it's, like, very nostalgic. Henry's trying to give Eliza a pep talk, and he's kind of like, you're Eliza Dooley. You're the same girl who gave Ryan Gosling's cousin a, ha- a lap dance at a house party in Encino. Yes. Um, and he's like, who else could do that? That must have been very difficult. And she's like, yeah, there was no music on. 
which is just like a bad party, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, hilarious. This is my favorite scene, I think, of the episode, as far as, like, comedy, is Eliza trying to give Henry a lap dance and him trying to stop her. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, no, I'm just just trying to cheer you up. Like, that's not what I want. Yeah, she's kind of, like, getting pumped up. She's like, yeah, I am Eliza Dooley. Like, I'm... I'm cool, basically. Like, So they have this whole interaction, and then Eliza is pumped up to go confront Corinne. So they somehow know she's in the park, probably from Instagram. So they go to find her in the park. She's there with her kids. And Eliza like walks up to her and is like, you know who I am? You know? And she's just like, yeah, the crazy lady from my book signing. Who kept saying, I'm Corinne, I'm Corinne. <laughs> Which is just yeah. like, yeah, fair. She's like, I'm Eliza... Eliza Dooley, most butt, and then Corinne is like, oh. A light bulb goes on in her brain, and she's like, I haven't said this since I became a mother, but holy, and then they bleep it in the episode. You look amazing. And Eliza's like, yeah, I know, I know. And then she's like, Henry's also with her this whole time, and he's trying to like coach her through it, you know. So she's like, I'm here because she was like, your story it's not your story. Specifically, it's my story. And then Henry's like, she's trying to say you stole her identity. And then Eliza's like, yeah, which according to such and such laws means you could go to jail. So kiss your kids goodbye because you're going to prison. And Henry's just like, yeah, she's not going to prison. She's like, yeah, that's not the kind of identity theft that I did. Uh, she was never very bright, which is like horrible. Like Corinne's mean she's a mean person Corinne's the worst yeah she has not changed and she's trying to like look to henry like ah she was never really that bright and it's like actually henry's on eliza's team here. <laughs> can you imagine like, henry you being like yeah oh. yeah that's true yeah <laughs> corinne to her credit does apologize and says i'm sorry i stole your sad sack most but non-existence i needed the backstory more no one would have bought a book from a former mean girl turned whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then Henry's burn is former mean girl. That's it. That's the whole part. <laughs> Eliza's like, oh, you can be mean to mean people. She's just like, no, oh, this is amazing. Um, and her burn is that her quick and easy meals are neither quick nor easy. Yeah, she's like... I tried to make one of them last night, and it took forever, and it tasted like crap. <laughs> and then they walk away, and Henry's like, that, that was really more of a burn on you, but good job. <laughs> so she feels she feels set free, I think, from Corinne McWater's shadow. So then Henry has to confront his fear. And his fear, I guess, is that he has never skated. I don't know. That's where I, that's why I think I think his it's a little murky. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the joke is that like he. He pretended to be a skater in his youth, you know, and never learned how to skate. And so now in his 40s, he's like, I'm going to learn how to skate. But he tries to learn by like, uh, I don't know what you call this move, but like skateboarding down down into like from the lip down into like the sort of swimming pool part of a of a skate park. What do you call that? Half half pipe? pipe? No, because a half pipe Uh, looks like half half pipe. Half. Um. The skating bowl? No, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so he's like on the on the edge, like he's going to skateboard down into this bowl-shaped area. 
(laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's all these teens who are, like, trying to, like, encourage him. They're the same teens who called him a poser earlier. And he's like, like, what if I die? And one kid is like, but what if you live? (laughs) Which I feel like was funny because... I don't love these kids. They're really weird. They're supposed to be weird. That's like their thing. But anyway, it's funny though because I feel like the like, but what if you live should have been like, you're right. I'm going to go for it. But Henry just still is standing there. He's like, nope, didn't work. <laughs> and then Eliza says she's going to push him. And he's like, no, you don't have to push me. And he eventually gets up the nerve to like lean forward and he immediately injures himself. So we then cut from that to Eliza. She's in front, just like the beginning of this episode, she is standing in front of her mirror in her bathroom and she's just kind of like she's doing another little monologue voiceover she doesn't need to search for a positive female role model because she is i guess the person in her life who has surpassed she surpassed her own expectations as a a 13 year old yeah so she's saying like if 13 year old me met me now i'd be my own role model basically it's like i'm it doesn't really make sense when i say it but she's basically saying like i'm who I would have wanted to be when I was younger. What, like a 13-year-old her would see her and be like, oh, like I did it. Like I made it. Yeah. Like I can't believe I've surpassed my own expectations and I have a hot boyfriend and a cool job. Which I guess is all you need in life. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. I mean, it's nice. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't have a hot boyfriend. Yeah. Um, no, I do okay. have a cool job though. Anyway. So she's look- she's looking at all these pictures of all these women that like she uses for like her hairspiration oh, i guess one of them and she is takes that, them all uh, down carla delavine i think another one is kate beckinsale i didn't pause it i just like glanced I, at them as she was also mary down. kate olsen was on there or well, what about ash i don't, Ash- know. I don't okay. know the difference well, not elizabeth i guess this was 2014 she takes all those down and then she finds her yearbook and she pulls out the picture of herself in okay so it's confusing because they kept talking about 13 year old eliza but then they're like superlatives so, like, was this from high school? Because, like, usually superlatives are for, like, your senior year of high school. Oh. Unless she goes to a weird school that gives superlatives to 13-year-olds and lets them say most well, five, which is pretty messed schools, up. in some schools, they're middle school only. They're not high school. And in those cases, eighth grade would be, like, the senior year of middle school. Okay. I guess that makes sense. So, they were eighth grade superlatives. It's possible. Still pretty messed up. Still pretty messed up that the school let them print that. But anyway. She puts on her glasses, which she's been hiding in her medicine cabinet. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Medicine cabinet? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and she takes out a long pair of scissors and she starts cutting her very expensive wig. Yeah. That's a throwback to like episode one when we discovered, well, I discovered, I've been already knew this, that. A little bit of a reminder. Karen Gillen is wearing a wig through this At this point in series. time. Uh, Karen Gillan, or prior to this, Karen Gillan was filming Guardians of the Galaxy, in which she played Nebula. Who is bald. Yes, a bald blue lady. And what she did for that role was that she actually shaved her head. So she was basically bald filming selfie uh, and had to wear a wig, which I will say, pretty good. Pretty good wig. It's a good wig. It's a good wig. Yeah. But anyway, so she starts cutting her hair, I guess, to look more like her middle school self and also like... I guess it's kind of like reclaiming because that time, you know, that she was at that slumber party, her hair was cut without her permission, and now she's cutting it herself, ah, like, taking wow, control. That's very good analysis. Oh, thank you. 
Anyway, so she cuts her hair, and she's also like kind of screaming while she's doing this, like, ah, like I can't believe I'm doing this. Freddy you know? is asleep. Yeah, he's just there. <laughs> what the hell, baby? He like comes in, and there's I don't know. I think it's a cute, it's a nice moment in yeah. which he's like sort of laughing at this photo that she's put up because she, she takes out her yearbook photo and she replaces all of these other celebs with her so so that yeah. she could be her own inspiration and yeah. he's laughing at it and she's like stop that's not funny which is just like very good writing like yeah, yeah. that makes sense and he's like well come on it's a little funny which is fair and yeah. which she's just like yeah um and then he again is very sweet and he's like what does what does she like apparently it was new kids on the block and furbies and he and I think it's a little weird that he's asking her what a thirteen year old her would be into, but it's also he's also like saying, "Well, how would she like it if I took her to a concert?" I guess, I guess a new kids on the block concert. Yeah, I guess so. You know, yeah, which I guess is sweet. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not team you Freddy, so like I'm Freddy. like whatever. But <laughs> yeah, but he is sweet about it. I think. Yeah. And then this. Okay, so this whole show. This whole show has been about Eliza doing. Yeah. Every episode starts with one of these little monologues. Yeah. Um, it's kind of about her her growth. Yeah. So I do think, and we're going a little long, but we're right at the end. I do yeah. think it's really interesting that it ends this episode and and thus the entire series, this entire show, ends with Eliza saying it ends with her musing about next year's Women and Pharma brunch. Yeah. Like, th- those are the last words that the character is heard saying. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I fell asleep that night dreaming about next year's Women in Pharma brunch, which I would definitely be going to because who knows who could be inspired by me. That shows her with shorter hair, actually, giving, like, a little wave to the crowd at the Women in Pharma brunch. Th- so the show actually ends with the other, I would say, main character, yes. uh, Henry. He's sitting... On the lip of the what did you call it the the skate the skateboarding bowl yeah this the skating bowl yeah with his new teen friends okay for teens I thought it was super weird that they were drinking juice packs what's weird about that why not just like cans of soda why juice I think it really makes them seem younger than they are supposed to be no but I feel like I feel like Capri Sun was like marketed to to teens as being like yeah teens like 13 and under like like specifically like 13 14 oh is that how old they're supposed to be yeah i think so still still just give them like a pop just give them like a soda pop they're all drinking juice packs it just makes it seem i mean like you can throw that in your bag you can't throw like a thing of soda in your bag you sure can not if you want to be able to drink it i'm sorry does it turn into a solid as soon as you put it into uh, like, yeah, it would get, like, shaken up, you know, with all the skateboarding. Yeah, you take it out of your bag, and you, you set it aside, and you let it, the carbonation settle. That's too settle. much thinking. Just get a Capri Sun. Don't okay, think about well, it. Okay, well, sorry. I like to think highly of the deductive capabilities of my youth. <laughs> well, whatever. The children anyway. are our future, Beth. <laughs> I know. Capri Suns are good. But anyway, so they're drinking Capri Suns, and... Uh, Henry has a cast on his arm because apparently that's what happened when he fell. And one of them has written on it, no fear. One of the kids is like, eh, where's your GF? And he's like, oh, Eliza? Like, oh, she's just my F. And they're just like, oh, did you ever, like, they don't say hit that. What do they say? It's still not great. Yeah, did you ever hook up with her? Oh, you know what? That's better (laughs) than what I said. (laughs) And he's like, no, but, and again, 
Henry, don't say this to children. Right? Yeah, I was thinking this, this is too. bad yeah. of you. Yeah. But I once saw her naked, and they're all like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa! How come? How come you didn't? How come you guys didn't hook up after that? Isn't that what happens? I guess it, like isn't in the order of operations." And he's like, "No, no, it didn't happen. But what happened to no fear? Well, that's before I had this." And then they do a montage of just like. Henry Eliza moments, which I feel like just draws attention to how short this show has been. Because they like have a clip from every episode and it lasts for like 12 seconds. It's uh, Summer Home by Typhoon. A really good choice of song for this little montage. Very emotional. Um, And they're genuinely cute moments. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a cute montage. It's just... It's, I don't know, it's kind of frustrating because they're just like, and that's all we've got. Because it's like, it's like Henry riding out on the horse to yeah. see Eliza at the Saperstein's ranch, um, them eating lunch over the uh, the garbage can. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right in that it makes you realize how recent all these episodes were. Like, we've yeah. been watching one episode every two weeks yeah. for this podcast, but they are all like in my recent memory. So I can't imagine watching this show week to week and then being like, remember all this, all these things that happened. I was like, yeah, they just happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like if you had to keep going with like a high school thing, if you were like at your high school graduation and they showed like a montage, but they picked everything from like senior week. It was like that all just happened. Like we're not nostalgic yet. The episode before this was stick in the mud, right? Yeah, stick in the mud. Yeah. Yeah, this montage starts with them, Henry and Freddie, both going up to catch the kiss. Yeah, which that literally happened, just happened. That's the first clip yeah. in the montage. Yeah, yeah. And then it ends with like Eliza opening the door and like the dress that she was wearing to that wedding that they went to in episode one. So it kind of goes backwards, I guess. I guess. But it takes like no time to get back to episode one, is what I'm trying to say. And then the the camera pans up to look down on Henry and these youths and their and their tetra packs of juice uh and he says next time i'll be ready and then that's, and that's it. how it ends that selfie yeah. that's all the selfie that will i guess ever exist yeah wow Ugh. yeah i don't know like it's like it's kind of nice that they like did the montage to give like some sense of closure but i feel like it just it just makes you aware of like how short the run was you're just like oh even this montage is like nothing so like just to finish things off with like final impressions, I thought I don't know. I felt like the writing was maybe a little okay, but it was a little okay. It was okay. Like, but like, how do you how do you end something like this with such a uh, with like this premature conclusion? Yeah, I think what makes it like extra weird is because we had like three episodes in a row that were like very emotional and like intense. And then for it to end with it just being, like, back to light and fun is kind of like, what? I mean, I, I do think that this episode ends on a very strong emotional beat. Yeah. But I just think that it's such an interesting place where it's just, like, Eliza has come into her own. She kind of, like, wants to be this new person. Which which I think, because they knew the show was coming to a close, they needed to, like, move that up in the in the timeline and need- yeah. i think that would have happened much much later yeah i think so but it happens now yeah she's happy with like her identity and who she is as a person she's also happy with freddie because freddie yeah it's not like that awkward um there's one episode that ended where like her and freddie are in bed but then she like checks her phone and like 
Henry has like liked one of her posts on Instagram. And then it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe. Like, we'll see what happens <laughs> coming up. But in this, it's just like, Henry is on the outskirts, yeah. on the outside of things, saying, next time. I don't think it sets it... I think it's it's weird in that it doesn't necessarily set them up, set things up for you to think that they'll they'll get together, that they'll make things work. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of... Well, I don't know. I think it leaves that door open, you know, where it's just like because of things that have happened in past episodes where like you realize that maybe Eliza has some reservations about Freddie, like from things that happened in the past, like maybe that will come up again and then like she and Henry will get together. And plus like Henry's been such a good friend in this whole episode, you know, where you're like, oh, well, like obviously they're still important to each other or whatever. But yeah, it's it's not, it doesn't really hint at anything in particular, I feel like. What if, what if? Okay. And this will be my closing statement. All right. Next time I'll be ready doesn't refer necessarily to Eliza, but mm-hmm. to the next woman in Henry's life. Uh, I could read it that way if it wasn't right after that montage. You know, like <laughs> if that was just the line and that's just how it ended, then it could just be like, oh, well, Henry's just going to try to have less fear in general. But I feel like the montage sets it up to be like, okay, yeah, like maybe he does still have feelings for Eliza, you know, remembering all those good times or whatever. And that's it. And that's it. Episode 13. Take us into the outro. Let's wrap things up. I'm very hungry. Uh, I forgot I have to do the outro. I have a question for you, Evan. Okay. And this might be difficult for you since you do not listen to our podcast. But if you're going to create a montage of our best podcasting moments what would you include (laughs) i would include clips from that episode where you drank too much cough medicine (laughs) Uh, i would include that bit where i was explaining the history of the rotary phone or the rotary clubs Um, (laughs) yeah that was good yeah what else i don't know like help me out here like i asked you the question oh but there's a lot we've done so many episodes it's true this is our 25th episode i feel like it would mostly be um for me personally it'd be mostly a montage of all the times when we talked about larry (laughs) just like a larry supercut (laughs) yeah i really like brian husky i know maybe i'll do that maybe that'll be like a bonus episode uh so this is the outro thank you for listening thank you for sticking with us through this whole journey of thick and thin Recapping. I gained a little weight over the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so this is our last recap. Um, next week, we'll be recording the commentary about this recap and also probably like a look back at the series in It'll general. It'll be a very, very, very special episode. It will be a very special episode. This will be the first and only episode that we'll record live in the same country. That'll be special. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, it's a little late in the game to get into it, but if you want to follow us on Twitter, that's at SelfieVailPod. I just learned how to make gifts from Hulu, so I might keep doing that like as a hobby even after this podcast has ended, because why not? And also, you can still be the first <laughs> person to send us an email at SelfieValuationPodcast at gmail.com if you liked what we've been doing. There are very few of you who listen to this. It seems honestly a little suspect to me. If you've been listening for this long and you don't like what we're doing. That's true, yeah. So. That's kind of weird. Like, there are a lot of podcasts in the world. That'd be nice. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, so many. Yeah. And that's it. That's this it. is this is kind of bittersweet. It is. But uh, we're going to have a really good time recording for next week's episode. I hope that you will uh, listen to that. And uh, 
Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening.